Welcome to the gaming's greatest generation podcast where we discuss news, reviews, and all things video games with your hosts the OG Leo Holly, the overachiever Mark Lombardi, and Mr. Contradiction himself Matt Harms. Stay tuned for ways to connect with the G3 community, contribute to the show, or tell us about your greatest gaming experiences. Now, let's get to the show. Greetings gamers, welcome back for another episode of the G3 Podcast. Uh, rounding out your weekend, we got episode 63. I uh, got another show chock full of news you can use if you so choose. So hit that like button, drop a rating, subscribe to the podcast, and tell a friend. And we'll be able to talk about all this stuff here shortly once we go ahead and introduce the whole crew once again. So rounding us out this evening, we've got Mr. Pop, 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 uh, not too much. It's uh, been a while. Glad to try and be back in some capacity here. So, uh, yeah, uh, missed everybody. I'm sorry that I was away for a while. And, uh, they let me out. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and coming in in this corner with the higher caliber sounds and lights, you got Mr. Snipe90. What's going on, man? What's up, man? Uh, it's been probably longer. Well, maybe not. How long's Matt been out? <laughs> a couple weeks. I mean, I don't, yeah, I y'all both been out a minute. I've been on vacays right. and doing bad stuff, and Matt's having hooter problems. Right. right uh, <laughs> technical difficulties galore. Yeah. But we're here now. There you go. Uh, we are all here. You're truly known as Ice as well, uh, rounding out the host crew, uh, known as Ice on all things gaming and social media. And so we've got, uh, it was kind of a, Kind of a topsy-turvy week. We got news from all over, but we'll try and cover it uh, in the best way we can possible. So last week, we went ahead and talked about uh, how not really surprisingly, Google Stadia went ahead, uh, or Google shut down the Stadia service, uh, only to make another somewhat surprise announcement, and that being that they were going to start producing cloud gaming laptops. That's right, folks. Google did not trust using the infrastructure that is their cloud service enough to stand on its own two feet. So they're now going to spend money producing hardware to utilize the infrastructure to do cloud gaming. Now, what services uh, you'll be able to utilize on this is kind of anybody's guess. Uh, these are essentially set to be kind Anything of along with Stadia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang. Not, not even cold yet. The <laughs> body's not even cold yet. Um, but uh, presumably, this is going to be much like their Chromebook lineup. Uh, so we could see anything from yeah, Xbox Cloud Gaming, GeForce Now. Uh, ta, 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 ta. Oh, no, it does. Beg your pardon. Yeah. It does say that they're all going to be shipping uh, okay. with, yeah. pre-installed with pretty much pretty much the big ones. Xbox Cloud Gaming, GeForce Now, uh, and Luna, which is kind of humorous to me because Amazon being you know one of their big competitors, they're going to go ahead and they're going to have the, the competing streaming service on there. But anyways, uh, going around, Matt, since you want to kick, uh, you know, poke, poke, poke the body with a stick kind of deal, what's your thoughts on on this one uh, about Google announcing gaming laptops <laughs> before mean, the yeah, service is even <laughs> Yeah, I, was, I believe I was the one who spotted that and shared that first order. Like, I, me personally, I'm pretty entertained by that. I think that that's a, a funny one and two kind of uh, combo of, of maneuvers there. But... Uh, I mean, I, as we discussed, yeah, Stadia wasn't quite taking on in the way that they were hoping. Uh, it's a little sad to see them just 
kind of drop out of it. Uh, I know that you know all the loyal users have been scrambling and trying to figure out what they're going to do from here. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, RIP, I guess, and uh, good luck to them on the new venture. I mean, I I think the the streaming Chromebook thing. I, not a bad idea. I think that might be a little too early yet. Like, honestly, the whole streaming thing, like the, the infrastructure for everything is still, I think, not quite there yet for what most people are uh, capable of or whatever with, with bandwidth. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it works out for them. Yeah. People will buy it. Is that uh, your verdict as well, Mark? If you build it, they will buy? Um, yes. <laughs> In short. <laughs> I mean... I- this for what they are for i don't know what is it average six seven hundred dollars or yeah i mean i don't think they announced the actual price of these yet um but yeah oh they have suggested pricing but um you know i5s and 16 gig of ram and stuff like that and then of course all the uh the perks they're calling them so i mean yes it is early um i don't know like matt said it's if the if the hardware is there yet for all this um i like the idea especially someone that doesn't want a steam deck or cloud g or whatever else is going to come out um and wants a you know an actual pc on the go that can do some gaming um good for them uh, but you know as everything else um uh, you know just kind of <laughs> launch it and see what happens <laughs> yeah i think uh, i mean my view on this one i remember buying yeah, the chromebook. <laughs> yeah. i remember buying the chromebook back when um we had it here in the house and it was like only like 300 dollars. so i feel like they've got an opportunity to have a really low barrier to entry that being said i think it's still has the potential of, of suffering the same kind of pitfalls that we are already expecting with the, the Logitech, was it Logitech G, the cloud gaming thing? Like you gotta, you're, you're gonna have to have some type of Wi-Fi connection. It can't go ahead and, and use, you know, uh, RF over the phone or, or, you know, phone lines or anything like that. So it's kind of like, all right, so how limited is this thing gonna be? Like, it's just literally gonna be a laptop that can only be you know, like you said, kind of on the go with you either in the home or in the hotel or somewhere where you're going to have an existing Wi-Fi service. So uh, could be a little limiting. I mean, it's just, yeah. And especially when you have stuff like Xbox, for example, has uh, their cloud gaming that's done over Edge browser and they've tried to tweak that. So it's a a more efficient and uh, expeditious process. Like why do you really kind of need the, the hardware to do the heavy lifting, so to speak. And I know not everybody's in that same boat as far as service providers like Microsoft is doing, but you know, I guess we'll, we'll see if you build it, they will buy. Uh, but moving along to a, another uh, streaming platform and or rumor. Um, so Phil Spencer, uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself went ahead and uh, put out a tweet uh, earlier this week on the 10th. And it said, Vault Boy left the shelter and stopped by my office to celebrate the hashtag Fallout 25 anniversary. Congratulations to Fallout and Bethesda teams on this major milestone for an iconic franchise. But it wasn't necessarily the Fallout gear um, that was causing a lot of eyebrows to raise. Um, This picture of 
Phil Spencer's, I guess, backdrop of his office had something that a lot of keen eyes were quick to pick up uh, and not too, uh, you know, uncouth of them because Phil has a history of going ahead and secretly launching uh, some some things or at least revealing some things before they, they may be ready for the public display or public consumption. But a lot of eyes were pointing at something that looks eerily like an Xbox Series S with the Xbox Nexus logo on the opposite side. Uh, and it looks to also potentially have a USB port, whether that be a USB 3.0 or USB-C. Um, a little hard to tell by the picture. But Matt, you went in, uh, you were super proud to share this one first. Uh, <laughs> Xbox had previously gone ahead and there were uh, a lot of rumors slash hints that they were going to look at creating an adapter type device, uh, you know, most likely for... Uh, smart TVs that weren't necessarily inherently capable of streaming direct to the TV. So this this looks like it could potentially be the quote-unquote keystone uh, project that Xbox has been rumoring to be in development for. What What's uh, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, I I have no idea. Uh, but it, it's an intriguing proposition. Uh, I fully believe that that's something that they're moving into. Like we've discussed that in the past. I don't see that there's any way that they're not going to go forward with that. Uh, frankly, I, you know, I mean, that's more or less what the series S is now. Um, you just, you just want to continue to kind of reduce the form factor and the, you know, retail cost for, you know, those consumers that have yet to maybe make the leap or whatever. Um, you know, you get this little doodad and it costs you a hundred bucks or something, you know, and now you can stream all your, all your cloud games or whatever. A lot of people have been discussing as well, you know, they've been working on trying to figure out how to do all the licensing and everything so that you can play the games that you own that are not a part of, you know, Game Pass or whatever. Uh, you can access them via the cloud streaming and everything. So once they have that figured out, I think that's when the streaming stick device, whatever is going to go ahead and, you know, kind of make its official uh, way to the forefront. So I hard to know whether or not that's what it's going to be. It looks really neat, you know, like that would be a cool little thing, just like a little mini Xbox series S or whatever on your, on your, uh, you know, stand there. Um, could be that, you know, it'll have some hardware in there to not only just like enable access to whatever, you know, streaming service, but also maybe give you some kind of hardware, you know, benefit or something. Um, but yeah, either way, regardless, cool little design. That would be a pretty nice little, little package there. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Phil, Phil has certainly done this in the past with other, other uh, things trying to sneak stuff out there. I, I believe actually most notably the series. S. So yeah, uh, we'll see. That'd be cool. <laughs> Yeah, that would be kind of interesting following on his tradition because I remember it was in, I believe it was his 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 wife's home office uh, that he would work out of. But back in the bookshelf behind him was plain as day a Series S and like people didn't realize it until like after the fact, after the announcement, if I recall. And then people were like, oh, it was there the whole time. So, uh, Mark, is this something that, you know, you, you got console set up you got a pc set up is this something that you think yourself or other gamers would find uh you know justification in, in buying this thing and if so oh, what do you think the price point would be sure. <laughs> <laughs> um well kind of tagging along with matt I, he pretty much said what i was gonna say but um yeah the you know you have the 
the Apple TV, you got the Fire Sticks, you got all these devices that pretty much can plug into any type of monitor or TV, and you basically have a, you know, a, you know streaming something station. So, yes, uh, I can see it, like Matt said, $100, 60 bucks. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, subscription involved, you know. But, um, you know, if you, you know, maybe have four of these in your house and you all can be logged in at the same time and have the, the new family plan, you right. can, you know, play together and have a, a mesh system, per se. But uh, if it's you know a real thing or an upcoming thing like it may be um i'll it's good for me if i want to put it in like my rv like that work you know i don't have to lug a bunch of stuff with me i can just plug this little box mm -hmm. in and hook a controller up and it's have even, even better than a little portable screen or whatever that i was yeah giving you shit about the exactly <laughs> so um yeah it's if like i said if it if it does become a real thing it's uh i mean just like anything else it's gonna sell so yeah yeah i'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the hot take right now i'm gonna say this this probably is it because i don't see like a dongle device having the same type of um being able to encompass the hardware necessary for both the receiving and the transmitting of the game stuff right like you see like amazon fire sticks and whatever now they're super small devices. However, that's simply a receiver only. It doesn't have to do any transcoding or whatever of uh, data that's coming from a controller and then inputting and, and et cetera, et cetera. But I, I think I'm going to call it right now that this thing is going to be $150 paired with a controller. Um, and I think that's a sweet spot because you got Series X at 500. You got the Series S at 300, which we just saw recently. You know, there were some, some pre-holiday sales what was it at Walmart, like 250 with an extra controller. Um, so you were getting a really good deal. So I could very easily imagine that this thing could potentially go both. Yeah. A hundred bucks solo uh, or more likely, Hey, they, they try to get this as an entry level thing for gamers that don't necessarily have a console. And they say a buck 50, you go ahead and you get the device, you get a controller, you're off to the races. And, you know, while uh, they may, may end up having to eat a little bit of cost there in the hardware i think you know they obviously kind of make that up in the fact that this device is theoretically dead in the water without a game pass subscription so no, yeah, we're you, 100 you, required you pretty yeah. much perpetually have to be paying into game pass yeah. so yeah. i think that assurance of a subscription out of somebody is is an, a good enough offset for them uh to go ahead and and make the barrier entry pretty low on this one yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll see, we'll see what, what that hardware, uh, you know, if it actually does come out as, as project Keystone, whatever they're going to call it, uh, and how that's going to improve the lives of so many gamers, but something else that is set to improve the lives of at least PC gamers, uh, is the long awaited, uh, Microsoft direct storage 1.1. So this is something I'm pretty sure we announced this on the show, like eons ago. Uh, it was honestly probably like last year. I remember, uh, bringing it up. And the whole concept of this is uh, when a game on PC, and, and I'm probably going to butcher it because somehow I always manage to do this, um, but when a game is saved on PC, it's going to be saved to your hard drive. In order to go ahead and play the game, it usually has to get run through the CPU 
um, for configuration and how to actually load the game, if you will. And a lot of the, the workload otherwise gets offloaded to the GPU. Well, direct storage kind of circumvents that where it doesn't rely so much on the CPU for that convergence. It will be able to offload a big majority of the game, particularly the visuals uh, and even some of the compute functions to the GPU, especially seeing as how these GPUs now just have so much RAM and so much capability packed into them. So um, this is pretty awesome um, because at least in so far, uh, this article, and I guess I've, I've failed at going ahead and citing our sources thus far, but um, the, the, the Google Stadia one was from Kotaku. Um, and then GameSpot was the one where we got the, the Microsoft potential project Keystone. This is coming out of the verge. Cool. Sorry, playing catch up there. Um, but there have been potential hints that this thing could go ahead and speed up uh, loading times. Uh, bah, 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 bah. I thought I saw they had mentioned up to three times as fast, mm-hmm. um, which is wild, especially if you're talking something that, um, you know, generally probably requires a lot of a lot of load time, a la your Witcher 3s, Cyberpunk 2077. I mean, insert game X that uh, genuinely is an open world and rather large, rather difficult to go ahead and um can potentially task the CPU quite a bit. This kind of alleviates some of that. And again, just gets you into the game quicker. So um, Matt, go ahead, go ahead. You've been, you've been dying, you've been out of the show. You've been dying to correct me. Go ahead and correct me on this one if needed. <laughs> and let us know your thoughts on, uh, is direct storage gonna be fantastic or a flop? Uh, I mean, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I no, I, I can't see how it's not going to be a lauded, you know, thing. It, it, it's the hotness of, you know, the whole series console thing. So yeah, I, you know, that's, it, it's a, it's a much uh, appreciated improvement in the way that everything is pipelined through. But, uh, but yeah, I mean the, uh, the direct storage 1.1 update, I believe is going to be working to add the GPU decompression thing or whatever. I, I believe there's also something like i think the direct storage thing initially is also kind of primarily based around the fact that it's all ssd uh memoryless utilized here where you can more save you know in that solid state kind of like all of the data that's right there so that you can hop right back to that um in more of a like complete overall picture or whatever so to speak, we'll say for, you know, everything to then unpack. Uh, whereas previously it would be more of a thing where, you know, you'd have all your assets kind of scattered around. You'd have to go retrieve all of them to bring them in to reconstruct, you know, the information that was saved in a save file or whatever. But yeah, regardless, in any case, uh, all very good improvements. Um, hasn't been, you know, uh, as widely adopted or implemented yet on the PC side, but, uh, but yeah, there's, there's no chance that anybody's gonna have a problem with the implementation of this or whatever. It's, it's good, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think the only folks that would maybe have a problem with it is uh, those that don't have Windows 10 or 11, because apparently those are gonna be the uh, barriers to entry. You gotta have Windows 10 or Windows 11. So if you're still rocking Windows 7, you know, more power to you, boo boo. But you, you gotta, you gotta kind of get with the program if you want to take advantage of this. Um, 
I distinctly remember now now that we're talking about it, I distinctly remember last year I chimed into I can't remember if it was a PC forum or an Xbox forum and I said this is fantastic this is basically going to be like quick resume uh, but for PC and people were like that doesn't make any sense blah 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 and they tried uh, similarly but to even more extent trying to trying to justify and explain the way you were doing it Matt and I was like okay so cool but at the end of the day how is this different than quick resume because it's working off no, of solid state so yeah that's yeah exactly so right. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah I just I just laugh because so many people some people were like that's amazing blah 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 because I was able to read between lines of what they're essentially doing they're taking quick resume out of the consoles which they have full control of and now have finding a way to implement it into uh pc setups which could be any myriad of manufacturer on the gpu side or the ssd side or anything like that so that's that just seems like a true engineering feat that they were able to do that uh mark is this something that you're looking forward to going ahead and, and implementing in your rig uh, here soon or um i mean i have an older gpu still but uh i feel like it would still be beneficial uh i mean there's like like you said mostly open world games is going to be the the kicker um but there are some instances where i'm trying to boot a game for it seems like a long time but like you know 30 45 seconds or something <laughs> which might come down to you know 10 seconds it would be nice um and then i don't know if this is going to help your load screens as well or you know what I'm talking about? Like just infamous, you know, two minute long Skyrim load screens or, you know, you leave a cave. And <laughs> so, your Mass Effect elevators. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. so uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, any, any new information of, uh, you know, improvements to the uh, overall experience, um, I'm all for it. Yeah, most definitely. So we'll, we'll have to see if this is something that, uh, you know, if it's if it's all that's cracked up to be, it's slated to to release in uh, some updates again to Windows 10 and 11 later this year, uh, and we'll keep an eye and uh, have to start clocking some some load times or something before and after. Um, but something else that we'll have to clock is how fast Nvidia went ahead and stepped back on what they <laughs> had announced. So uh, Nvidia, this coming out of the verge as well. Nvidia and its infinite wisdom. Um, basically because they got absolutely torched online, uh, had announced the RTX 4090 and then two different models of the 4080, uh, the 12 gig, and I believe the other one was a 16 gig. Yep, and a 16 gig model. Uh, and so what they've done is now, quote unquote, unlaunched or unlaunching the 12 gigabyte model. So um, no doubt this was part of the big shenanigans and investigative journalism, if you will, that was going on online. You got uh, Gamers Nexus, Jay's Two Cents. Um, there's there's a whole bunch of the other tech, like YouTubers and reviewers who were able to get their hands on some of this stuff and look at the specs. And they were like, this is flat out garbage. Like to call it a 4080. And it, I mean, I don't even think it was so much exactly the naming convention, but it was specifically that the specs didn't line up based on what would have looked like a natural product line progression and folks who are alleging that this really seemed hardware wise more like it should have been uh, a 4070 or dare say a 4060 um and a lot of that one of the biggest keys came to the the bus uh the throughput that they were looking at for this thing um i personally 
am not in the market for a 4,000 series card, no matter what anybody says. That's just me. I'm going to stick with my 3,000 series for a little while. Matt being the one that was uh, expressing at least some interest in a 4,000 series. I think, I think you said something about a 4090. Uh, why don't you go ahead and talk to us about uh, the magic that is NVIDIA and how this strikes you. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, sell my kidney and uh, give me a 4090. Uh, but no, yeah, yeah. It was, so it was kind of both, right? Like, uh, the nomenclature is essentially like what they are kind of stepping back from. I'm sure they're going to try and figure out how else to launch this product or whatever after it's been rebranded. But, but yeah, essentially like the the differences between the two were much greater than the naming scheme would would actually you know like suggest in that it was the 408012 gig versus 408016 gig. I mean, inherently you're kind of assuming okay, cool. So just you know the the ram is the difference or whatever but but no um no in fact you know there was quite a lot of difference in their performance specs and so yeah people were kind of like oh, this is entirely misleading or whatever and it does seem like nvidia is you know becoming uh becoming more and more familiar with that as they kind of like you know muddy up their uh product lineup so yeah you know uh we'll we'll see what they end up doing with it but uh yeah certainly a minor bit back step there i don't think they're gonna really heard too much from it or anything like that but but yeah kind of a funny thing to see and so uh, yeah especially a difference of what is it three hundred dollars you know nine hundred dollars was the projected uh for the 12 in u.s currency uh 900 for the 12 gigabit and it was uh 1200 for the 16 or gigabyte excuse me um but uh mark you you were going ahead and i think uh you just mentioned earlier in the show that you got a yeah a slightly slightly aged gpu um so you know are you are you going to go ahead and wait for them to reintroduce this as the 4070 or are you waiting for them to bring out what seems like a logical step in a 4080 ti 20 gig model uh yeah what do, what do you so get him one of the marks yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm uh not interested in any of this new updations of uh the four four series, uh, four thousand series, how do you want to call it? Um, like Matt Mark's said, it's sixty eighty. Stupid money. I mean, I get it. I mean, the top performance you can get, but I mean, if I can find thirty sixty or thirty seventy Ti or something, I'm more for that. Um, the price points are like. They're all over the place lately, especially with like these sales going on and Amazon's uh, pre pre Prime Day, and you know now it's sixteen hundred dollars. Now it's nine hundred dollars. I got this, you know. But anywho, um, short short story. Uh, not interested, um, Leo. I know you said you're not interested as well, but we all know when that deal comes around. You're going to be clicking that add to cart button and <laughs> another one's going to be for sale on marketplace. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Dude, I, I have like, not, not that it's germane to the topic right now, but I have two old laptops that I'm trying to sell for parts and I'm literally just trying to get like 15 bucks a piece. Uh, I think it was like, yeah, something like 15 bucks a piece and people are haggling me about this. And I'm like, dude, the components alone are worth more than 15 bucks. So no, uh, I'm not interested. Um, and yeah, I mean, for me, I, I, I have to wonder you got for 15 bucks. 
Well, it's missing a hard drive, but we'll talk about that offline. <laughs> um, so um, that's why it's four parts. But yeah, what uh, what we what, what I find interesting here is this is this is awful coincidental. So Nvidia wanted to be real quick to jump out the gates and release uh, you know specs and pricing for the four thousand series cards. Shortly thereafter, Intel goes ahead and releases price points and specs and even performance comparisons for the ARC 750 and 770 GPUs, their new discrete GPUs. We've got AMD right around the corner. Is there any possibility, uh, Mark, is there any possibility that you think this is them trying to clean things up before AMD comes in and just completely backhands them with the latest uh, you know, Zen architecture and what they could possibly present in the discrete GPU? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, they had, they got the EVGA pull out. So like they're trying to, I don't know, gain more traction. Maybe. I, I don't know. It's like you, I, the market. Like I said, the market is crazy right now, especially with, you know, the arc not launching, launching, you know, we got, like you said, the AMD's shortly coming after this. So, Maybe they, like you said, they're trying to gear up for capture as many as they can, um, make the consumers happy with price points, stuff like that. Um, but I'm, I mean, I, I don't, I really dove too much in the AMD's. Uh, I, I mean, I might tinker with the idea of getting one if you know. <laughs> I'm shaking your head, but uh, yeah, you know, if it uh, works better for price points and you know stuff like that so i don't have like the ultra omega super rig but uh you know it's it needs a little little tlc <laughs> uh, i mean dude you're 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 poking fun at omega over here but i'll tell you what there was a point in time when i was gonna have at least one or maybe both both rigs in omega go ahead and be amd cards because what we saw with uh, Zen 4 and the latest 6000 series, right? Yeah, I'm trying to get the numbers right. Uh, the Zen 4 architecture, the 6000 series AMD cards, um, they were not bad. Like, especially if you're in the frames win games mentality, um, they were definitely pushing it. And FSR, FSR 2.0 and everything uh, coming out, at least on consoles. I think they're coming out on consoles before PC, if I remember right. Um, you know, it's it's definitely pushing the envelope. So I can only imagine with what we saw with the Zen 5 CPU announcement and, you know, they're finally topping the five gig, uh, you know, speeds, top speeds for the CPUs. I can only imagine what AMD's got in store uh, with Zen. Shoot, what the heck are they going to be? If this is five, 7,000 series, uh, <laughs> you know, AMD cards coming around the corner. I don't know. Um, but I can only imagine they're going to give a run for the money. You already got uh, Intel with their initial entries uh, 100% aiming at NVIDIA and giving them a run for the money price point wise. Um, but then it begs the question of what AMD is going to come out of the woodwork on. So uh, judging... Judging by that, though, I, I would not be surprised if NVIDIA is going to potentially pull, you know, pull, pull some more cheats. You know, the, the industry is trying to keep them honest, but maybe they'll pull some more cheats over over the wool over everybody's eyes to try and get another card out there with just another naming convention. Um, speaking of cheats, Modern Warfare 2 coming out here in uh, shoot, a couple of weeks. 
there was a big, big allegation that Modern Warfare 2, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, the remake, uh, was going to require phone numbers for verification on all platforms. So um, this news out of GameSpot. GameSpot did, however, go ahead and identify uh, a comment by Activision Blizzard and clarified that the SMS requirement um, will only be for the PC versions. And I found it kind of interesting because uh, Activision identified that the mass majority, what was the percentage that they found here? Uh, da, 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 they had a percentage somewhere here. 72, okay, this is a quote. Examining the data, we found that 72% of players detected to be cheating were actioned on before they ever played a single match. For those that were able to play normally, assuming every match they played included the use of cheats, our systems were able to detect and remove them from our ecosystem on average within five matches played, end quote. And that's from Activision. Um, I'm going to tell you, like, I almost wish that this was something that was also available on console. Do we do we go ahead and see a whole lot of cheating, um, you know, by comparison? I think by and large, as a gaming community, we can say, yeah, a lot of it comes from uh, the PC side of the house where you can maybe dip into the code a little bit and do, or you have some third-party software that goes in and gives you some kind of an edge in games, which honestly just irks the hell out of me because it's like, cool, you're, you, you won. You're not even skilled. You're cheating. But anyways, um, I thought this was actually fantastic. On the heels, the far gone heels, of what we had talked about before, with Phil Spencer making comments about, hey, wouldn't it be great if you had someone who is basically being an a-hole on this console, on this particular game, who tries to migrate that same behavior over to a game on another console, but their behavior follows their profiles and it's essentially like a, you know, a, a red flag against some kind of deal. This seems like a solution to that because basically if the game itself is going to require you to go ahead and have a phone you're not going to i i will fight anybody on this you are not going to get dozens and dozens of phone numbers just to go ahead and set up burner accounts to insist on cheating in the game you're just not going to do it it's not the the it's not what is it the juice is not worth the squeeze like the value is not worth the cost incentive to go ahead and do that so i actually love this idea which i think sounds crazy especially coming out of current activision pre you know what i suppose will be a microsoft cleaning of house if that uh if the acquisition does go through um but yeah to me it, this is just a wow the fact that a they even do this i wasn't aware that they were doing this on pc uh on modern warfare one back in 2020 um but yeah mark what, what are you thinking is this something that uh you know, you're excited about since you're always super protective of uh, your, your, your chillings being anywhere near the online <laughs> sphere and potentially getting into gaming hobby with Dada. Um, I mean, it's not the metaverse. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mark, yeah, realistically, Mark is, you know, <laughs> waiting to, you know, ba baby's first headshot. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna get um, his screenshot frame it. Yeah, three sixty no scope. Um, I mean, yeah, I agree. I'm all for it. I mean, like we've played games where we're like, you know, you know, it's like what the hell, and like that you don't even want to play anymore because it's it's not a good time. So uh, if they can go back on that, um, you know, doing this, I mean, it's just a phone number. I guess it's not too harmful. Unless they try and spam you with uh, 
you know, newsletter texts and voicemails and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's the only way to really do it, I guess. But like you said, you're not going to have, you know, 10 phone numbers to, uh, you know, mess around with. So, uh, but yes, it's not worth the extra, you know, squeeze, as you said, um, to, uh, try and, you know, do some cheats, but, uh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, so Matt being, uh, you know, I, I, I hear Mark on, on the spamming, and I would say we got midterms coming up around the corner, and I don't think these guys will spam me more than I've gotten political texts lately. So uh, what are you concerned, Matt, about, uh, you know, privacy rights and whatnot in this, or do you just think that this is actually good, or do you think you should reserve the right to be an a-hole on the game whenever you want to go ahead and migrate your account over or whatnot? Yeah, um, no, I mean, I privacy concerns i guess you know are perhaps always valid or whatever but anymore i mean you know these things got you info it doesn't really matter um no yeah i mean i i think the the main concern like people have right now um the the main complaint that i've seen or whatever is more like the oh the you know it sucks to be a poor person you know if you use a prepaid phone or whatever and i mean yeah like that's legit although of course you know the whole burner thing or whatever is a concern as far as ways that people could try and get around stuff so that's why they're trying to avoid that but uh but yeah i mean if you don't you know have a phone number that is registered to you that is an acceptable means of identification or you know verification then that is kind of jacked up um that that, you know sucks i mean what do you do for all these little 12 year olds or whatever i mean i guess they may have their own phones now right but you know what what does mark do you know he's not giving his little kid a phone but he's willing to give him the controller so they can shoot somebody or whatever but now that now they got to play on daddy's account well now wait a minute i'm sorry son you can't be ruining my kda uh he's gonna have to wait till you're 18 Uh, (laughs) but (laughs) yeah i don't know it's uh it's an unfortunate thing uh, if it's going to, you know, affect people negatively. Um, I can understand where they're coming from, where Activision is coming from and trying to implement this. It's kind of, kind of a, you know, unfortunate uh, response to shitty behavior from uh, people who, you know, can't, uh, I guess, help but want to, want to win and be a, you know like an asshole like you said just kind of getting off on the fact that you're ruining the experience for other people or whatever so yeah i don't know it's uh it sucks yeah i mean i'm a little less empathetic to the whole piece about like prepaid phones or whatever because we've talked about it on the show i can't remember what what the article was or what the context was or uh, i want to say we talked about it on the show but it was something like 90 90 something percent of America. And again, I'm only speaking for America. I can't speak right, for other countries, right? But 90, yeah, yeah. 90 something per <clears throat> percent of Americans have some type of, of phone, particularly even a smartphone, right? So um, that other 10% could still be on a prepaid plan, though. You know? Could be. Could be. Here's the gotcha, though. And, yeah, they're and not again, talking about just is, like, you know, like a flip phone, you know, old burner phone you're thinking of. And again, well, the, other, like some other connotations or whatever. <laughs> like, like the Nokia I got hiding back here. Anyways. Yeah, but, you know, like, again, maybe I'm a little, we don't talk about that. That's just nostalgia. Right. Um, <laughs> what, what, but again, I still have a little lack of sympathy in that regard because to me, and again, this is my opinion, so I reserve the right to be wrong. But if you got to worry about living paycheck to paycheck and you got to go ahead and worry about having a prepaid phone because you don't, you can't afford a regular phone bill. We've already talked about this is an expensive hobby. 
what are you playing on? Stadia is gone. I mean, or will be gone. So play on a hundred dollar Xbox Stream Stick or whatever. I mean, maybe, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like we're talking about a hundred dollar right. multiple hundred dollar consoles. We're talking about multiple hundreds of dollars for a PC. Like you don't need to be worried about playing games. Like I'm not saying I don't want you to play games, but you probably have other priorities in your life than trying to get your hands on the next Call of Duty game that's also on top of whatever the hardware cost is, a sixty, seventy dollar game, right? So uh, I think there's other barriers to entry that we need to worry about than uh, whether or not you are able to receive and verify a text message. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, we have another uh, smaller piece here, but I think we're just going to kind of skip that in the interest of time and move on to um, what well, we did have. One more thing, um, and this is just a real quick note, because uh, I thought it was of note. PlayStation has apparently announced that for October, they are going to drop a boatload of games into their PlayStation Plus, uh, the new subscription service. So um, just rattling a couple of these off here. Uh, in PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium, you're looking at Grand Theft Auto Vice City Definitive Edition for PS4, PS5, Assassin's Creed Odyssey for PS4, Inside, a classic uh, you know, indie title for PS4, The Medium, uh, which we saw come out you know, for... Uh, one-off purchase is coming out on ps5 uh you got a bunch of other assassin's creed games all coming out for ps4 and then for the playstation plus premium specifically you got yakuza 3 4 and 5 remastered all for ps4 limbo ps4 uh ultra street fighter 4 for ps3 uh castlevania lords of shadow and everyday shooter also coming out for ps3 so um we don't need to go super in depth on that i just thought it was really Interesting to note, this is at least insofar as I've been on the service uh, for, you know, since they announced it, uh, what, earlier in, in this summer. This is the biggest drop that they have announced. And some of these are some really good titles. So we're finally, uh, if you weren't already uh, feeling like you were getting your money's worth as a PlayStation Plus subscriber in the new tiered service, now may be an opportunity for you to go ahead and feel such. Uh, speaking of feelings... Boy, oh boy, there were some feelings that came out this past week. Um, so our big news segment or big section, if you will, uh, the UK's CMA, um, which again is the decision-making body that goes in, kind of is deliberating specifically on the Microsoft and Activision Blizzard King acquisition, uh, went ahead and had a couple interesting things to say, and it got a couple eyebrows raised from around the industry. Um, so... On the, let me double check, yep, on the 14th, um, so basically today, um, there were some previous uh, statements unofficially that came out from the CMA, uh, just kind of talking about their decision to go ahead and extend um, the investigative process of uh, taking a look at this merger and seeing you know how justified it was if it did go ahead and, and would prove uh, beneficial or um, dangerous to consumers, etc. Um, but it was kind of interesting because there was a lot of things in there that almost sounded like uh, the CMA was defending PlayStation. And again, uh, we talked either last week or the week before on how PlayStation's Jim Ryan specifically flew to Europe to talk to the CMA. So we already have Europe being a pretty pretty heavy PlayStation market. You got a key executive in PlayStation going over and talking to them. And now you got the CMA bringing out something. So like one of these points 
this is uh if anyone wants to check this out later on it's point 30 uh sub point bravo it says activision's content is an important input for playstation an economically significant number of playstation gamers could switch to xbox if activision's content were no longer available or not available on equal terms on playstation uh Okay, doi. Um, that's the part of an or, you know the risk that they suffer with an acquisition. Uh, another one. This is uh, point thirty-one subsection C. Microsoft could engage in a partial foreclosure strategy, which would allow it to capture the most dedicated Call of Duty gamers, those who had switched to Xbox, to benefit from enhanced content, interoperability, or earlier releases whilst continuing to generate revenues from less dedicated PlayStation Call of Duty gamers who may not have switched to Xbox in response to a total foreclosure strategy. Again, I don't understand. If they own the IP, they can do what they want with it. Um, And in that particular statement, it's not saying, while it talks about foreclosure strategy, it specifically says even if they didn't, they could still potentially make money off Call of Duty gamers on PlayStation. I love how they mention Call of Duty several times uh in this release but it just kind of goes into um a lot it's it's legalese so i won't really get into it much more uh but it was also kind of interesting because they pointed out one last piece uh i had it in here but the long and short of it is um they also identified that microsoft with its market share its azure cloud service and its overall strategy of trying to make Uh, gaming and their ecosystem available everywhere has a distinct advantage over say PlayStation and the competition. uh, If they were to go ahead and take all of these ABK games or, you know, the ones that were platform specific, that being console or PC, maybe even in mobile and releasing it onto their cloud service. And it holds a significant advantage over PlayStation and because those, you know, those titles wouldn't be available on PlayStation. Um, and again, I want to call BS on that one because why are we talking about limiting games from PlayStation when when are we going ahead and seeing God of War come out on Xbox Cloud Gaming in any of its PC or console Game Pass? When are we seeing Horizons come out on these other streaming platforms on the Xbox brand? So it almost seemed like there's a little protection of Play- PlayStation specifically going on there that almost screen transparency um about them having a discussion with jim ryan and and trying to see crying ryan's you know perspective of uh you know this is going to hurt the playstation gamer meanwhile i think we've all seen in or at least i've seen in the social sphere hope maybe you guys have as well kind of the hypocrisy where playstation was almost at the same time promoting stuff like uh playstation specific content for the upcoming hogwarts legacy game uh, PlayStation specific content for the new Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Uh, so it, it just kind of screams hypocrisy all around. Um, before we move to like the next additive piece of this one, Mark, what do, what do you think? Do you think I'm, I'm being too harsh on, uh, on the CMA here for their takes and, and them kind of <laughs> sounding like they're protecting PlayStation? Um, I mean, I feel like they had to. Um, well, maybe not. I don't know. It. They're trying to play nice, I guess. So they just want to cover the logistics end of it. So not everyone's pissed off. But uh, 
at the same time, you know, let people know up front what's, uh, what's going down. If something were to go down, you know, months in after the acquisition is, uh, finalized, but, uh, I'm not really into the whole legal end of it, but, uh, yeah, that's, it's, it's more on your guys' uh, end, but, uh, I just feel like they just needed to put that, air it out there. All right. So Mark just said it's up to the gruesome <laughs> twosome to, to go through the legalese. Matt, uh, what are you thinking here? You think they were a little protective? Uh, I mean, I, I'll, I'll just, I'll just preface this by saying, I think it's bull considering what we just talked about on last week's show where uh, the Brazilian COD, COD, Cade, uh, went ahead and talked about, hey, look, Call of Duty hasn't been on Nintendo for years and Nintendo's competitive. Uh, Nintendo has its own first party titles and it's a market leader in its own right. So it's like, why is PlayStation bitching and griping about Call of Duty in particular uh, and trying to fight this thing? when what they probably should be doing is being competitive in their own right. So it's a little funny for me to now see the CMA, a whole other entity. Granted, it's a whole different region, uh, a whole different market going ahead and sounding like they're coming to PlayStation's aid rather than looking at the whole picture. So am I, am I still out to lunch there, Matt? Uh, I mean, I, always, buddy. Uh, for my part, I mean, I, uh, they, there's so much there to try and, try and touch on. Um, yeah, primarily, I think with the CMA, like, you know, it's the European thing, like their interest and concern is more for the consumer welfare, ultimately, you know what I mean? And it's trying to uh, safeguard against, you know, uh, monopolistic enterprises uh, coming to the you know, forefront and rising or whatever to, to take the dominance. So uh, I think it's less protectionism for Sony and more just general concern about, you know, consumers and how Microsoft you know, maybe affecting the landscape for them or whatever, depending on how this all goes forward. Uh, as far as whether Sony is a hypocrite, of course they are. They're all hypocrites. I mean, they, you know, uh, they, obviously self-interest is, is going to determine how you're going to try and, you know, spin this off or whatever. And obviously it's all BS because, well, they all want the same objective. It's just not, you know, for themselves, not for the other guy. So, uh, yeah, insofar as like the competitive nature and everything, I mean, the, the main thing, the, my my main gripe on that, you know, with the Xbox trying to, you know, well, they can still be competitive, blah, blah, whatever, or anybody, you know, with that kind of defense or whatever. It's like, yes, and that's true, but like that's kind of Sony's, you know, hallmark the whole way, right? Like they they actually produce first party games or whatever and have always done or whatever and, and are continuing to, to make that a huge focus for themselves. Uh, to you know support and foster and develop those those projects the xbox is you know trying to get back into that um but, but that has been lacking for them for for a little while or whatever and that's part of the reason i think that you know they've been hurting uh, that everybody always says you know what what brings people to the playstation consoles plus those first party games and yeah it's not it's not that sony necessarily just went out and bought something that was already established and brought it in that's the critique you know what i mean it's not like microsoft is competing by you know putting all that money into the initiative so that they can come out with the perfect dark game that's gonna blow everybody's nips off or whatever because you know we we have yet to see right um Instead, they're just going to go buy the biggest established, you know, like IP content that they can or whatever and say, well, cool. So now all the the third party titles that everybody enjoyed, well, now you can only find them exclusively here on Xbox or whatever. And so, I mean, that, 
you know, it's not just unfair to Sony, right? Like all those gamers that have PlayStation because they just frankly weren't, you know, they didn't care about Halo. And so they didn't feel obligated to go buy an Xbox. Well, now, you know, if your titles you enjoy were a handful, maybe, of, you know, Sony IPs, and then you had your Madden and your and your uh, Call of Duty or whatever. Well, now there's, uh, you know, <laughs> like if Call of Duty is a big thing for you as a PlayStation gamer, and I am sure that that is the case for many a PlayStation gamer. Now you now you're in a bit of a quandary, right? So that that is kind of the the concern I think for the CMA, and that's kind of like where my position I guess would go from it. You know, it's like it's less less the concern for Sony and more for the public, right? <laughs> the, the gamers. But. See, and so I hear you, and this kind of gives us a good opportunity to segue into uh, the other article that's kind of being utilized here with this section we're talking about from uh, The Verge, where Microsoft basically fired back. So uh, Microsoft was not happy that UK CMA signaled, uh, and they're the competitive or excuse me, Competition and Markets Authority, that's what the CMA stands for. Um, but the fact that CMA went ahead and signaled that they were going to go ahead and conduct this more in-depth investigation, Microsoft was none the happier about this. And um, so I'm going to kind of kind of, kind of do the host thing and whittle these all together, right? Because it almost sounds like you're defending the CMA and their decision because they're concerned with what uh, is in the interest of the gamers. However, I, I mean, I that, guess I, I, I guess I'm not even necessarily defending them. I'm just maybe yeah. clarifying on like what I think their actual like perspective is versus you know like right. yeah. Well, and so to be fair, I did not read through the whole. How long was this statement? 70, 72 pages or something. Uh, I don't think it was seventy two pages. Quite a few pages though. I will read through the whole seventy six. Uh, seventy six is the full statement. Yeah. Um, what I will, at some point this weekend, I will try and read through most of it to get an understanding. But again, like the sections that I highlighted, they weren't talking about the gamer. They were talking about PlayStation and PlayStation's value in the eyes of the gamer. So like in none of those statements specifically, did they talk about how Call of Duty, they did in the one part, right? Mention like, oh, and actually it was somewhere else in here, sorry, that they talked about it, it holds inherent opportunity in the next generation of consoles, they're not talking about right now, but in the next generation of consoles, when uh, let's say if the, the acquisition goes through, Microsoft now has the opportunity to own the mind share that Call of Duty is an Xbox franchise. And that's going to, you know, inherently drive people to buy that. But if we're going ahead and we're talking about what's in the interest of the gamer, what does it matter? And I say that not to be a show for Microsoft, but if they're going ahead and everyone pretty much knows that if this acquisition goes through, you're going to see a whole bunch of Call of Duty titles as well as other Activision Blizzard titles that are going to come out on the, the Game Pass subscription service, right? Uh, we take that independent thought right there. Then we say, hey, we already have seen, not to say that it could change, but Game Pass is the greatest value in gaming, period. Dot. Everyone, you know, the only people that argue that are the ones that are vehemently against it because of, whatever outlier reason they may have uh, take that independent thought and put it over here. Now, when you look at Microsoft's strategy of making gaming available to everybody, be it on PC, on console, on mobile, on a freaking keystone streaming device that again, most of us are going ahead and saying is only going to cost you a hundred dollars. How is it not in the interest of the consumer to go ahead and be able to pay 
$100 for this streaming device and play your Call of Duty game and have a wealth of other gaming options with this subscription, Vice going ahead and spending four or five, who knows what next gen might be, $600 on a PlayStation console and then buy the game for $60, $70. Like, you, you feel me? I feel like there's a stark contrast between going ahead and supporting down the line what actually truly is in the I best guess, interest of the gamer and what's in the interest of PlayStation and keeping them as a player. Well, and I mean, I, and and that is fair in, in a certain respect, but at the same time, like, again, you're still limiting consumer choice and option or whatever. And frankly, like the whole idea that, well, you know, now you can just get this here. Well, right, but you still can't get the PlayStation. So like if you're a PlayStation guy, you know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. like, well, you know, you can pl- you continue to play your Call of Duty. It's much cheaper to just buy, you know, this little stick or whatever. And then the Game Pass subscription, you're like, well, yeah, but I still want to play all the PlayStation stuff that's coming out. So now this is an additional purchase that I have to, you know, I'm not saving money. You are forcing me into getting into your ecosystem and everything. So. Or, and hell, we don't know, right? Microsoft could say, you know what? We concede to at least this one I thing and they keep releasing. So I'm not, they, I'm and not and then they keep releasing Call of Duty <laughs> on PlayStation regardless. So yeah. then it doesn't I mean, even matter. That's what they should do. That's what I argue that they should have done with the Bethesda stuff. But but their their interest is not to be fair and share what's not well and, whatever they, and, they and mind you want to hurt sony oh, and mind you there's like only, they, they'll say whatever they'll say but they do want to hurt playstation like that is mind you there's only two two titles right now that we've gone ahead and seen any negative or detraction or whatever. i mean correct me if i'm wrong but we've only seen two things that have actually impacted playstation gamers vis-a-vis the bethesda acquisition since you mentioned that and that's redfall and starfield those games haven't even released yet all the well, other bethesda titles are still on playstation right i mean <laughs> like, uh, yeah <clears throat> but 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 have we seen those yet no well well no but that <laughs> but, but that's my point like <clears throat> you know yeah so um anywho as i, I mentioned mean, i, I yeah, would be happy to stand corrected in that if they want to continue to release yeah. PlayStation. Um, as I mentioned, though, Microsoft was none the happier about this. They went ahead and, and uh, did some fighting back. Where is there? There was a lot of a lot of kickback. Where the heck was this quote? I had a great quote in here from what? Oh, here we go. So this is a quote from Microsoft. Well, PlayStation currently has a larger share of the console gaming market than Xbox, but the CMA considers that Call of Duty is sufficiently important that losing access to it or losing access on competitive terms could significantly impact Sony's revenue and user base, end quote. Um, There have been other podcasts that that went ahead and did this research, but basically like the top, it was either top three or top five um, selling games or grossing games on PlayStation have been Call of Duty titles, but then... Maybe, again, maybe this is the a-hole in me, but I'm like, look, bro, if you hedge all of your business on this other title and it's a third-party title, you kind of deserve for your business well, to even, take a hit. Well, but it's not even necessarily, so like again, right? So like it's not even necessarily that they may even, you know, hedge their business entirely on this one, you know, third-party Well, financially title. they do, apparently. Well, I mean, yay and nay, right? So from the gamer's perspective, again, right? So like you have you know, the the titles that you enjoy on PlayStation, and that's why you went PlayStation, but your primary game that you fall back to, your 
your rocket league, if you will, is Call of Duty. Like that's what your your main no, game. Don't kind don't of, no, kind of don't you bring is. my Rocket League into uh, this? They, well, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess I guess that's really more for me. I was just saying you as someone who is not me, your default game that you fall back into or whatever. Uh, <clears throat> but so okay, so you have especially when you consider that yes, the the user base for PlayStation globally is larger than Xbox, right? Like. It's so funny. Like, this is the hypocrite part that we're talking about, right? Like, you know, oh, well, Call of Duty can't be there. Why is this important to them or whatever? It's like, well, why is this that important to you that you're willing to spend $70 billion to, to acquire this stuff? <clears throat> what, they're, what they're doing is they want to take away that, you know, top-selling franchise or whatever in access from PlayStation because they hope and presume that that puts the gamer then into that, that uh more awkward position because the gamer doesn't have the wallet that PlayStation or that Sony or excuse me, or that Microsoft do uh, to where they can just say, well, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'll just also get another, you know, whole other console or whatever. So that I can continue playing my call of duty while still also enjoying my PlayStation titles. Now you're coming into a situation where you're saying, okay, well, which one I guess is, you know, what do I actually have the money for or whatever? And am I really willing to, to switch over into this other ecosystem and leave behind my PlayStation stuff or whatever? You know, if I'm not trying to be a, have, I have all the consoles guy or whatever, you know, if I just have to make my one purchasing decision and everybody, all my friends are moving over here because we all want to continue to play Call of Duty or whatever like that. <laughs> I, I mean, I hear you, and the and the I'm not only crying thing... for for PlayStation's part of it. You know what I yeah. mean? It just it is what it is, but but it is what it is. You know what I mean? So Microsoft well, can say whatever they want. It, it you know, the the move is what it is. The game is what it is. You know, they're they're they've got a goal in mind. <laughs> it, it is what it is, and and here's I'm glad that you mentioned the gamer Mark. We're going to bring in here in just a second, but. Um, so per the Mark gamer, is this is a representative gamer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Per the gamer. And this is, uh, literally as you were talking, I went ahead while listening, uh, I wanted to go ahead and kind of drive home and prove my point even more. So on, on PlayStation, uh, the best selling game so far, and, uh, the gamer has this specifically for PS4. It doesn't talk about PS5, but quite frankly, PS5 has been out for so brief a time. I don't think. Uh, any titles on there would really crack the list just yet. Um, but I'll give you three guesses on what the number one best-selling game on PlayStation uh, has been thus far of all time on PS4. Oh, on PS4. Any guesses? Any guesses? No, nah, I have no idea. Minecraft. <laughs> I mean, it's... Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, <laughs> it's Minecraft. probably it Minecraft. Is a, <laughs> it is a Microsoft property that they kept yeah. available on other platforms for 238 million units. Uh, number two, Grand Theft Auto V for 160 million units. Number three, PUBG for 70 million. Uh, number four, Red Dead Redemption 2 for 43 million. And number five, GTA San Andreas for 27.5 million. Did I mention a PlayStation first-party title in there? I mean... I will no. ask you to maybe look up the same search for Xbox. I mean, that's fine. Okay, <laughs> I, that, you know what? Just just for argument's sake, I will. But um, I, I think to your point and what you were talking about, The Gamer leads into this last article that we sourced from gamesindustry.biz 
uh, where Strauss Zelnick, who, for those that are unfamiliar, is the CEO of Take-Two. So the company that I basically just mentioned, the parent company that makes the GTA games uh, because they're over Rockstar, uh, they're over 2K. So they've got uh, the Bioshock titles. Uh, I mean, shoot, what, what were the like, what were the titles that I just said and how many of them are under take two? Uh, let's see. GTA five. That's a take two title. Mm-hmm. PUBG. No. Red Dead Redemption two. That's a take two title. GTA San Andreas. That's a take two title. So Strauss Zelnick actually came out and said uh, that take two, you know, speaking on behalf of the company is in favor of the Microsoft Activision Blizzard King acquisition. Uh, and he, I love this single quote in here. It's a it's a pretty decently short article, but there's one quote in here that he said, and I love it. He said, quote, ultimately, the consumer votes. And it's exactly what you were getting at, Matt. It's the consumer that we're supposed to be protecting and the consumer votes. Does it really matter? If we are going ignorant of whatever platform, if I'm going to follow Call of Duty, I'm going to follow Call of Duty if it goes to Xbox or if it goes to PlayStation, the only thing that really matters well, is if it goes ahead. The only thing that really matters is if they allow uh, software. I'm coming to you, Mark. If they allow software parity in that, hey, we announced Call of Duty, let's just say Modern Warfare 2, because that's a new one coming out, right? It's going to be available on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. So you can stay in the PlayStation ecosystem yeah, if and you're going to be fine, right? But I don't see there, there's there's no guarantee of that in the future, right? right? PlayStation went ahead and talked about generations and what have we seen? We've seen they're upcharging to go ahead and go from the PS4 to the PS5. A lot of the third parties are actually the ones that aren't charging for that. Um, so, Mark, when we're talking about interests of the gamer and we're talking about consumers voting, what, you know, you got Take-Two, a major player, another major publisher saying, hey, we're on board with this. Uh, and there's enough innovation to go around. We're not worried about one publisher getting gobbled up, even if it is Activision. Um, you know, the CMA seems, again, mainly from my opinion, that they're defending the company of PlayStation more than the gamer. And you got Microsoft that's just like, dude, we have all this stuff that we're making available to the gamer. What, where do you sit on this one right now, Mark, with this latest, you know, mini explosion going off in the Activision? Um, yeah, so two things. Um, top four... For Xbox 360 purchases okay. of all time. Well, we one, went the Xbox One, but I get where you're going because Xbox. Yeah, it, it was right in the middle of all that. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Connect Adventures, number one, 24 million. Grand Theft Auto 5, 22.9 million. Minecraft, 21 million. And Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, 14 million. So, is what Call of Duty, Call of Duty was not mentioned on the PlayStation side, which is interesting. But aside from that, uh, I don't know if you want to ping in on that, but uh, uh, me personally, um, I have the, I would never have bought a next gen PlayStation. Back on Matt's, you know, point earlier, I would never have bought a PlayStation Four or was to say three of them, like if there wasn't something that I wanted to play on it. Yes, there's a, you know, exclusives on the five that I really want to play, but now I'm invested in the Series X, the PC side, which is both Microsoft driven 
units. So there's no, like the incentive is very low now to invest into a PS, or let's just say Sony, PlayStation, console, hardware, whatever. Not, not every gamer is a whale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I I definitely agree on Matt, some of Matt's points in terms of like you're forcing people to choose, um, you know, A or B. Um, and people that have been on, let's just say A is Microsoft for extended periods of time. And now they're like, oh, hey, you know, if you want to play this, you have to buy this. So it's like for us, like, you know, 15 plus years on Xbox side, uh, Matt does not you know, obviously he doesn't have a PlayStation, but he's kind of in the same boat. Like if it, if the, if it was flipped, like Matt, would, would you, would you buy a PlayStation to play? I don't know. Uh, it, it takes two. Yeah. I was gonna say, I call it duty might not be the draw for me, but yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, just flip the situation on its head. Not that it would really like, and I'm, um, trying to think of what it even would be the comparable whatever but but so uh we'll say that uh you know uh ea still i guess you know is doing well with madden and fifa and everything whatever you know so playstation buys them up or whatever and now all the xbox bro dudes that you know again played played call of duty and madden and that's about it those are their yearly refresh purchases or whatever well, I mean, yeah, I guess Xbox is going to have Call of Duty, but if you want to play Madden, you want to play them sports games that you love or whatever, now they're on PlayStation exclusively, you know, like they're, it's going to be a struggle for them or whatever, you know, like, I don't, I don't know what the good example would be to put it upon, you know, either of you or specifically Leo, I guess, is the antagonist here or whatever, <laughs> uh, to, to have that personal, you know, like ring in there. But at the same time, the stakes are so low for you anyway, because you are one of those whales where you're like, yeah, I got all of them, you know, whatever. So it doesn't even matter for me. Uh, yeah, it's, it's all just, you know, again, like there's no reason that, that Microsoft is even going to make this acquisition or whatever, if it's not worth it for them in the long run. Remember, the juice has to be worth the squeeze or whatever. And a 70 billion oranges is a lot of oranges. So uh <laughs> like they're not they're not doing it for no reason um it's it's not that they you know believe that there's no change for them or whatever or to the marketplace as a whole um so yeah wh whether it's a good or bad thing is going to entirely depend upon your perspective and where you're at and where you want to be uh both for the individuals and and companies and whatever but uh yeah it's still uh unsavory from a, a certain you know point in my mind uh but they're gonna do what they're gonna do and it's probably gonna go through and we'll see what happens from there it'll be it'll be certainly an interesting shakeup. um i don't care for zelnick at all i i'm not a fan of that dude he would of course be fine with uh seeing the merger go through because take two is all about trying to get on uh some acquisition game as well trying to get into that mobile space you know um zynga or whatever and they bought up or whatever yeah um so you know and and of course again it's very low stakes for him to you know comment on it because he's like well yeah i mean we're not worried about competition you know in that regard it's like well yeah of course i mean you guys are making red dead and gta 
they're going to get Call of Duty, but that's not really going to affect your continuing to produce and release, you know, the titles that you are known for. And there's going to be a market for those regardless or whatever, you know what I mean? Regardless of you can still put them out on either console or whatever else you want. People are still going to seek them out and buy them. Um, so yeah, kind of, kind of just a nonsense uh, addition, I guess, to the conversation from Zelda so far as I'm concerned. But. Yeah, so I thought, honestly, as we were reading through all those, so the thing um, from the gamer that we talked about highlighted PS4 titles specifically, and I thought it was really weird because those known names, those names did not sound along the same lines of the ones I heard. So I, I took another shot here and I look up at uh, Statista, which we've seen them before. They deal with you know actual data statistics versus the gamer, which I don't know where they got their numbers from specifically. I'm not knocking them, but um statista is talking about top selling playstation games in the united states in 2021 by dollar sales so not units sold which is what we saw with um that last list but this is by dollar sales so presumably you're paying a full price 60 70 dollars this is what they're counting as you know in in rank order and so this is playstation number one call of duty vanguard number two madden nfl 22 number three call of duty black ops cold war <laughs> number four Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, uh, number five, MLB The Show 21, and then it goes on. But right there uh, in the top five, you got two Call of Duty titles, not even not even some of the best ones. Um, but that that's a lot more in line with what I've been hearing a lot and what I've been expecting to talk about. So, you know, I'll take a hit for not having at least some statistical source or, or data ready to go. But nevertheless, it really proves the point that uh, it, it's frustrating and again, I'll speak as Microsoft corporate right now. It's frustrating in the sense that I feel like for what you were talking about, about the play that Microsoft trying to make out of this, I think Microsoft really is trying to make this for the mobile play, for King. And it just well, so I happens to be... With that, but... Yeah, and it just so happens think, to be a I sweet deal with... I think it's multifaceted, with... to be completely well, yeah, honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think that's yeah. the crown jewel that they're looking for, right, yeah. King? Uh, but the crown jewel where getting Call of Duty, getting Diablo, getting other Blizzard titles, like, that's very significant icing on the cake but now this is a thorn in their side that they got to deal with playstation that's bitching about call of duty why because right here in this uh this uh data at least it's going ahead and verifying that call of duty is two in the top five yeah, uh, playstation title titles that have been sold it's, right it's so. just a big title i mean activision you know activision yeah. isn't worth 70 billion dollars because their games don't sell you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah um but so we'll see We'll, we'll, we'll wrap up this talking segment because this went a little further than I was anticipating. But hey, you know, we had some uh, some good back and forth. Mark, did you did you have one last thing you want to chime in there on any of this before moving on? Um, Since you've been... I mean, you know, for what it's better. worth, um, Xbox One sales were 50% of Xbox Game Studios, the top 10. So right there. So their first party titles were. Yeah, first party titles fifty percent. So if they get these exclusives, obviously, you know, and it goes just goes to show for the three hundred and sixty. You know, they have the connect and whatever else. So it just shows shows you that I feel like the Xbox exclusives are sell more than PlayStation first part. You know what I mean? So I'm looking up right now on Statista. Uh, top-selling Xbox games in the United States in 2021 by dollar sales. 
One, Call of Duty Vanguard. Two, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Three, Madden NFL 22. Four, Battlefield 2042. Five, Far Cry 6. Six, Forza Horizon 5. <laughs> so, but so all that all that does is Seven argue Halo that Infinite, which doesn't even make sense to me. I don't even understand that. All, all that does though is that. just verify <laughs> that. Uh, well, people are probably buying it piecemeal, but all that does is verify that Call of Duty is an oh, equal that could player. Be, yeah, are they counting the actual game sales? Well, now they have the generated from the games. Or who knows? Well, the the EA Play is now part of Game Game Pass, right? Correct. Uh, yes. It is. It is. Yes. Yeah, so now all your sports games that people are buying. Well, that does say dollar sales. So I mean, that's not. You got. I'm you got the dollar sales. Talking actual, about. Like, yeah, I don't know if it's revenue from DLC no, and, and microtransactions and stuff too. Or if I'm it's thinking just sales of physical copies. Or, yeah. 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 Uh, and and who knows? Because sometimes you know these yeah, guys have got to make requests of the companies for what their digital sales look like, and the companies yeah. aren't releasing that. So that's where we get it a little skewed and they're going purely based off the physical copy sold. But um, regardless, I think based on what you said, Matt, it proves that Call of Duty is the equal player on both sides. So it's, it's like... It's just a monumental title. You know what I mean? Yeah, Call, but, Call of Duty but, is a monolith. Uh-oh. I mean, but, but everybody uh, knows what Call of Duty <laughs> is. It's, you know... I yeah. I play the most Black Ops 2 and 3 on PlayStation. Yeah. So, I mean... But... but <laughs> What incentivized you to do that, Mark? Was it just purely because you had a PlayStation I at the time, or had a PS4? I still have it, but um, you two. As I say, we weren't online. Yeah, weren't online. <laughs> I had no incentive oh, to keep the Xbox during, during side the great going. Xbox One. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not next gen uh, worthy the, at the, the time. So <laughs> yeah. So again, it's. To the consumer slash gamer of the incentive. So okay, but so okay for for there's a lot of variables for, for background <laughs> for background for the folks that may not have, have kept up with that. 2013 Xbox screwed up with their release. I think everybody kind of knows that the Xbox One release TV TV yeah, TV. Leo and I went. Um, uh, well, I guess we all went the other way rather than hopping on the Xbox One train. <laughs> I, I went. I went completely. While I was like, "Hey, f this! Uh, I don't need a TV tuner box. I want a gaming station." And so eventually, uh, I was already in the PlayStation ecosystem, having a PS3. I got a PS4. Matt just kind of focused more on PC. Yeah, I playing PC. Um, yeah. And Mark got a PS4. I don't remember. Maybe Mark and I played a little bit over there. But then my question we, we Mark would be... We all played Rocket League once or whatever. I was on Steam. Yeah, that one time. PlayStation. Yeah. Um, but so my, my question would be, Mark, what... Because the Xbox still had Call of Duty. So what was it that drove you to the PlayStation side? Was it just PlayStation in general? Like, what... Why did you specifically mention... About the Horizon bundle... Because I wanted to play Horizon. Okay, so it was a first party was the main. And then exciting. while I was over there, I was like, "Yeah, I might as well get, you know, all this other stuff." I actually have the they're like right above my head. I have a stack <laughs> of my PS4 games, like, and it's only maybe ten titles. Yeah. So the, what I wanted uh, to <laughs> kind of capture there, if that was the case, was if that decision was made based on the premise of PlayStation's historical Exclusive. practices of 
you know, X time exclusivity and everything like that, which is part and parcel to how they've been so successful and how they've had such market shares. They're willing to pay more to keep that exclusivity. It kind of goes to the other thing that you wanted to bring up about like Arc Survival Evolved, right? That um, Arc went ahead, PlayStation paid, what is it, 3.5? million Something stupid yeah uh 3.5 million it might be a million or billion i don't think it was billion it was million, yeah. 3.5 million <laughs> to uh studio <laughs> wildcard the developers whereas for it to be in uh playstation plus as one of the monthly free games versus xbox went ahead and apparently paid 2.5 million that's the news that came out and it got to go into game pass um there was a lot of back and forth on social media stuff which is why i didn't really uh I didn't want to bring it up because it was just like, who got the better deal? Who freaking cares? I think Studio Wildcard got the better deal as the developers, right? Um, but of course, it breaks down into the console warring of like, PlayStation got the better deal because they only had to click it and now they own it forever. Xbox got the better deal because it's on a subscription service and keeps getting renewed and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I I don't care. I don't, I don't care. Just play the games. Like, I don't care who's getting paid what. Now, if the company is succeeding and doing dirty practices as a result... That, as an integrity piece, I care about because I want to know who I'm giving my money to. Um, am I giving it to the ones that are cheating or am I giving it to the ones that are trying? So um, that's just me. But did, did you, since that was the topic that you wanted to bring up at some point, Mark, was there more you wanted to chime in on that one? No, just the, you know, the, you know, trying to, I get, I'm not, I'm not going to say level the playing field because it's apples to oranges, but uh, it's just interesting that they would, you know, put an older game, spend that much money to put it on their su- subscription service. So that was just, you know, something put out there. Well, well, that, it was, was it yeah. as the, uh, like a title that the PS Plus subscribers like got to inherit and own at that point? Was that like the... Yeah, so it's very, that's yeah, very right. similar. That's where that service... Like uh, the games with gold sort of deal. Yeah, yeah you had to you know, grab it and add it to your library within that calendar month period. Uh, and now you've got it in your library as long as you're a subscriber um, so yeah, to I mean, that service. Yeah, it's like a one-off kind of a so, thing or whatever, or purchase for them or whatever. To... And, and it kind of goes back to... Subscribers was something that they might have wanted. Yeah, it kind of goes back to... And I guess the real question, again, this is why I'd be more concerned about the developer because what we saw a similar argument with um, Oddworld Soulstorm, um, which got released. That was previously a... Uh, PS5 exclusive only, and I believe it's on PC now, but the developers came out and said basically they had no idea and got shafted, um, so to speak, because they went ahead and PlayStation gave them an offer to put it on uh, PlayStation Plus as a free game, and they were like, yeah, we see the money, you know, we'll do that. And then after everything was said and done, when they saw the, the metric data of how many people had clicked to add it to their library, when they took that and computed like, well, if we were charging $60, you know, normal game price for this, assuming, and you have to assume some percentage of drop off because not everybody, you know, it's free 90 free. Of course, I'm going to get it right. It's with what I'm already, it's in the value of what I'm already paying for. Um, but I think the developers looked yeah, at it and saw people would have gone and bought yeah. it. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but the developers saw and they did their own math and they were like, dude, we lost a lot of money. Well, that's not going I mean, ahead. That, 
I don't right, know, I can't say I really have any sympathy there. Like you made that you weighed your risk there and you made yeah. that decision. You well, and, be and, I, and I agree, <laughs> and but that's why I harp on this thing of like I don't care what PlayStation played, I don't care what Xbox played. What I care about is did the developer feel like they made a good right, deal out yeah, of it or yeah. you know, was the juice not worth the squeeze with production values and what they went ahead and, and produced the game? I mean, I clearly Studio Wildcard is doing okay because now yeah, they're I mean, working they, on Yeah, at, at the age where this game is at, I don't think they're developing for it anymore or whatever, so yeah. 3.5 million on a game you don't anticipate you're going to be selling bulk units or anything, you know? Like, yeah. All right, cool. So speaking of uh, bulk units and different titles, it's time for release radar. <laughs> that is not the sound effect. All right, cool. Uh, release radar. So, um, so scorn uh, that that uh, you know horror weird. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what horror thriller uh, type game is supposed to be out today. On Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One and PC, a Plague Tale Requiem coming out on PS5, Xbox Series, Switch, and PC on October 18th. Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC, October 18th. Them's Fighting Herds coming out on PS5, 4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, and Switch on October 18th. Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection for PC. On October 19th, Batora Lost Haven, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, and PC on October 20th. Uh, Man, let's keep going. The 20th is packed. 20th is packed. Uh, We got Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope on Switch on the 20th. Second Extinction is coming out full release on Xbox Series, Xbox One, and PC October 20th. Uh, The Jackbox Party Pack 9. There you go, Matt. On PS5, 4, Xbox Series... Xbox One, Switch, PC, iOS, Android, literally everything uh, on October 20th. Vampire Survivors on PC October 20th. Uh, and we'll stop there. <laughs> so quite quite a few titles there. So I'm not going to lie. There, there's a couple there's a couple heavy hitters coming in there that, that I'm looking forward to. Mark, let's start off with you, mister. I didn't get to talk that much during the show. Uh, what are you <laughs> looking forward to on, on this list coming up? Um, unfortunately, not too much. Uh, the scorn game doesn't look like something I'll be interested in. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, Uncharted PC, yeah, maybe. Um, Rabbits, uh, I like the first one, but is it, is it enough to get me into the second one? I'm not sure yet. Uh, maybe have you sp- seen have you seen the the devs or the videos of that how they talk about like the different layers of, of strategy and skill sets I, and stuff? I did I did I like that aspect um I don't want to pay full price for it I will tell I don't think it's worth that uh holiday sale maybe uh next holiday you know. <laughs> yeah 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 I was like uh, coming out in October it ain't gonna be on sale in a month homie yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, this hey hey hey, this ain't an EA game, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. It is a Nintendo title. Yeah, <laughs> it'll go on sale through uh, a dollar off. Yeah. So, uh, other than that, yeah, not 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 a big month for me. All right, cool, Matt. What uh, what are we thinking? What are we playing? What are we looking at here? Uh, 
I mean, for my sake, I I got to be honest. I'm actually looking forward to trying out Scorn just so I can, you know, trash it since it's apparently, uh, you know, development hell for no real reason. Apparently, <laughs> um, otherwise, I I really need to like play the original uh, Plague Tale game, but uh, the Requiem's coming out hitting Game Pass. I I try and I guess check that out if I can. Um, yeah, that's about all I really got. Triangle Triangle Strategy is coming out on PC, so I might try and see if I can I check that out independent of a purchase of a Nintendo Switch or whatever. That's last week, homie. You missed that list. Uh, cool. So I uh, I already pre installed uh, Scorn, so it's two I think days ago that it came out. It's the last <laughs> last week's episode. Um, yeah, so Scorn uh, pre-installed that. Looking forward to giving that a shot. Playtale Requiem. I don't recall. Did that? That's not coming out Game Pass Day One, right? I'm pretty uh, confident it's not coming uh, out on PlayStation Day One. Eighteenth, whenever. Eighteenth is yeah, yeah. in Game Pass, which I'm assuming is when it's. Is it, okay, cool. So it is. That's yeah, that's yeah, impressive. Sure um, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, for me. Otherwise, uh, I wanna. Anytime I see a PlayStation title that comes to PC, I, I want to, but it's like I already have Legacy of Thieves on uh, PlayStation. I actually paid the couple bucks to get the upgrade, um, or no, was it free? Maybe it was a free. I got, I got, I got it for the PS Five. The PS Five upgrade. Um, uh, Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope. You know, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe like Matt said, in three years from now, when it goes on sale, a dollar off, then I might grab it. Um, <laughs> I am a little. Uh, upset second extinction i played before while i was in game preview i thought it was kind of cool um i was interested to see how much more story they could flesh out there but it was just on sale um and i didn't pull the trigger on it for some reason but um i knew it was coming out but anyways we'll we'll see those those are the big ones for me uh other than that uh to wrap up the show what you've been doing what you've been playing uh you're truly known as ice on all things gaming social media uh i have um Dude, I don't know why. I feel like I feel like I'm I'm not a real gamer lately. I haven't been playing a whole lot of stuff. Um, grounded, still been playing some Grounded. Uh, getting into that. Um, I don't know. I don't know how late you gentlemen will be up. We may we may get to dabble in that a little. What time is it? Ooh, maybe not. Um, uh, other than that, I still need to get back to and finish my story for God of War on PC, especially before God of War Ragnarok comes out next month uh and that's about it for me got got done been doing a lot of tv stuff in my spare time just cooling down so got done with uh she hulk hence uh, the uh, marvel tonight um mark was mark and i were talking about him watching that so i won't spoil anything but uh yeah passing that buck off mark what you been doing what you been playing where can the people find you uh people can find me here <laughs> Uh, but other than that, uh, yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> but uh, yeah, She-Hulk, I'm on episode two or three, I believe. I've uh, been watching Edge Runner. Uh, finally got me back into Cyberpunk a little earlier before the show. Um, I'm kind of lost in the sauce, so I'm kind of getting the reins back in that. Um, yeah, as far as gaming... Uh, not much, man. I mean, just not much. Besides from that, though, like, not, it's I'm slacking. Um, 
I don't know Looks if like you gen- got adult duties. Yeah, I mean, it's we got a little later start today. I don't. I mean, I've got full caffeine, so I may be uh, up for a bit. I'll so, <laughs> um, dabbling something, but uh, other than that, uh, yeah, not too much. All right, cool, cool. Rounding out the trio, Mr. Mother Down, Matt. What you been doing? What you been playing? Where can people find you or not? Uh, yeah, as I say here lately, uh, it's been uh, pretty difficult to do. Uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't really been playing a lot here lately either. Um, still occasional, you know, Rocket League match here and there just to shake the dust off and make somebody mad. Go back on my day. Uh, otherwise, uh, I, I have been uh, playing a little bit of Overwatch 2 now that now that the uh, update has been released, uh, eh, I mean it's okay. I, 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 I feel the whole thing is kind of just a travesty with the way that they've handled all of that. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, um, not terrible, but not the same game, and, and none of the ways in which it's changed are really for the better, so far as I can tell. And of course, you know they just entirely erase the original from from existence or whatever you can't can't go back and play because they knew that if they allowed for that well then nobody was going to move over to the the freemium market economy of the of the new implementation so uh very sad very sad um yeah but um otherwise uh, i've been playing a little bit of gears actually i was i was like man maybe i should actually try and finish yeah this i saw you on gears never, five the other yeah, night since we can never uh Seemed to get that going. Started up a new campaign. Was run through with everything, and it's on the new television. I'm all like, "Man, this game is pretty." Uh, and it was hilarious how much I was going through, and I was like, "Man, like, how much of this did Mark and I actually play?" And then I got to the point where I was like, "I remembered where we were at." And I was like, "Damn, we actually made it pretty far, I guess, or whatever." And then I just stopped playing for whatever reason. So I'm back, back about there. But uh, yeah, well, that's what my life is. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. So running on steam here, let's go ahead and wrap up uh, the longest show we've had in quite some while. That's, uh, you know, that's that's because we got the whole trio here. But uh, wrapping it up, remember, please uh, feel free to like, subscribe, give us a rating, uh, share it with a friend. Uh, please remember that G3, we try to go ahead and talk about the latest, greatest in gaming news, but we welcome your feedback. So if you feel free, go ahead and give us a call, uh, give us a message uh, up in the socials, and we will go ahead and communicate with you. That being said, uh, from here, checking out episode 63, remember everybody, gaming's greatest generation is the one that you guys are a part of. Thanks for listening to the Gaming's Greatest Generation podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time with us today. If you have any feedback for the show or would like to contribute ideas, feel free to call 702-690-9292 or email us at gamingsgreatestgeneration at gmail.com. You can also join the Discord community by following the link in the show notes. See you next time.